Here at the Critcast, like to think that movies can be both art and entertainment. This week, we were treated to two movies that seemed worth seeing and commenting on: Christopher Nolan's World War II survival movie Dunkirk and Luke Besson's colorful Euro sci-fi flick Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. I wanted to see both of them, but they will each get their own Critcast. This particular Critcast is for Dunkirk, which is yet another excellently made movie from the technical master that is Christopher Nolan. Dunkirk's atypical story structure lends itself to Nolan's signature, quote, mind-bending directorial style that will win over plenty of film bros proclaiming Dunkirk to be the greatest film ever made since Nolan's last movie. In Christopher Nolan's next greatest film ever made, yo, follow the harrowing struggle of a mostly unnamed British soldier trying to escape from some European continent where he's being attacked by bullets and bombs and such. But then there's also a boat with an old British man on it. But it takes place in a different time. Whoa! But then there's also a British airplane that takes place in a third time. Whoa! Only greatest director of all time, Christopher Nolan, can make a movie about more than one character doing one thing at any given time in chronological order. Whoa! Plus, there's no pesky pussy politics king in the way, like acknowledging the larger war, or asking why the soldiers were stuck on the beach, or women. Am I right, bros? Nolan for life! In the future, people will probably remember Dunkirk alongside a certain selection of Nolan's other movies. Specifically, it'll probably be lumped together with Inception and Mementos as one of those movies that blew my mind, bro, because of its nonlinear storytelling. In fact, I would go so far as to say that Dunkirk is a bit like Inception and Memento mixed together. It has the multi-layered and interconnected plot lines of Inception mixed with the non-linear time of Memento. This creates a lot of moments that will probably go down as a lot of people's first foray into stories that don't necessarily go straight from start to beginning, and that the intercutting between different moments in time and space create parallel moments of emotion, tension, and suspense despite technically being disparate from each other. The primary thing about Dunkirk is that it's actually three different storylines about three different groups of characters during the Dunkirk evacuation. These three storylines also take place over the course of three different time periods. We follow the soldiers on the beach at Dunkirk, whom are trying to reach safety over the course of one week. We follow a civilian boat sent to rescue the soldiers over the course of one day. And then we also follow an RAF pilot as he tries to protect the soldiers and the boats over the course of one hour. So we're cutting between three different stories, in three different settings, with three different goals over the course of three different time periods. This is where Nolan's mastery of editing, pacing, and cutting come into play, as this never becomes as confusing as it sounds. In fact, it all plays out with great tension and suspense, but not necessarily emotion. Nolan doesn't seem like a director too concerned with conveying emotion or feeling, and that doesn't necessarily have to be a criticism. At best, it's a real observation of his work. Looking at his movies, they aren't about people so much as they are about events or the roles people play in those events. Nolan's characters tend to be dry, straightforward, and all business. See Inception for the most extreme example of this. 
Also, see Interstellar for a demonstration of his shortcomings in creating touching moments of genuine emotion. But that's just Nolan's style, and that doesn't have to stop the actors in the movies from actually demonstrating emotion in their performances. Overall, all the actors in Dunkirk were great. This is especially impressive since they had to bring across human emotion and feeling through physical or expressive acting since this is a movie that is actually very light on dialogue. Everything is visual or displayed on faces. Tom Hardy gets a special mention as the RAF pilot who spends almost the entire movie in a flight mask and helmet, and yet he is still able to strongly emote with just his eyes, his limited movements, and the few words he does end up saying. And I have no idea why I thought Tom Hardy was not a good actor ever. I guess it was because I was mixing him up with Ed Hardy t-shirts or something. Mark Rylance and Kenneth Branagh shine as one of the boat rescuers and as an officer on Dunkirk Beach, respectively. Between the two of them, they bring out the much-needed human factor of Dunkirk. Rylance might as well be the human embodiment of Churchill's We Will Fight on the Beaches speech. His steady conviction to rescue the trapped soldiers despite all odds and the understanding he brings to their suffering are glowing moments of genuine emotion. Brana serves as the humanization of the soldiers as he struggles to find a way to save the soldiers since he sees them as people as well as units within the larger war. Now, if you're going to go into Dunkirk expecting a war movie akin to, say, Saving Private Ryan or Band of Brothers, you might actually be kind of disappointed. Dunkirk, as a movie, seems completely unconcerned with being a World War II movie complete with battles and gunfights and the Germans. Sure, it takes place during World War II and is about an event during the war, but it doesn't care about the struggles of the nations, the other armies, the politics behind it, or really anything that doesn't have an immediate impact on Dunkirk or the characters we follow. The Germans are the primary antagonists, but they're never actually seen. Their presence is felt more than it is seen. We see their planes making bombing runs, and we hear the gunfire, but we never see or hear a single German soldier. They might as well be just this nebulous, pressuring evil force that surrounds the soldiers, but they aren't people. Dunkirk is then better framed as a story of desperate survival and differing points of view during this event. The obvious goal is to see these soldiers off the beach, but their methods and decisions are imperfect and often inglorious. Then we often see the same event characterized in multiple ways as the multiple storylines and viewpoints see them from different angles or under different circumstances. What seemed like a victory or a success for one character could be seen as a failure or a mistake for another. Again, the clarity with which we understand these different events is a credit to Nolan's style and command of the cinematic arts. It should really go without saying that I recommend going out to see Dunkirk. Christopher Nolan is a reliably great director who can put together a movie that truly earns the descriptor of epic. The stitching together of the three stories can get a little convoluted at times if you weren't paying attention, but the movie is otherwise fairly easy to follow and isn't the mind-bender that some people might describe it as. The story of survival and the different ways we experience the same event is one that really needed Nolan's touch. Also, and here's a pro tip, you might want to prepare your ears for Dunkirk because Dunkirk is also probably one of the loudest movies I have ever sat through. So there's that. I'm Ross, and this has been the CritCast. You can find more of the CritCast on SoundCloud and iTunes. Y'all have a good day now, and remember, clean up after yourselves in the theater.